I know they're nervous, but you got to know how intimidating it is to have a bunch of men sitting at the front row pew just staring at you. It's like, wow, I feel like I'm in trouble. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. I want to read for you today from the book of Acts what many regard as the the beginning of the deacon ministry within the church. We're going to be reading Acts chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 1 and read through to verse 7. And if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. The word of God says this, it says, now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, Brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, as well as Philip, Purcurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the truth. Please be seated. Deacon candidates and really all of you deacons on the front pew. As we look at this passage, we could spend some time in looking at the qualifications and things like that, but, but that was already part of the process. And, and, and as we have come to today, we are in the process of ordaining and, and commissioning new deacons and really even maybe or commissioning our current deacons for the work of the deacon. And so today I want to focus in on this passage because I think this passage gives us some very important insights and clues on what a deacon is supposed to do. In light of that, I want to give you three charges today that I think we recognize in this passage. Number one, and above all, preserve the unity of the church. See, up to this point in the book of Acts, we find the church to be unbelievably unified, that they are working and they are are cohesive in almost every way. In Acts chapter 2, verse 44, we read, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And yet, as we come into the sixth chapter of the book of Acts, we find conflict within the church. Indeed, these deacons came into existence as a solution to conflict and an answer to a division within the church. 
This unity that the deacons are called to preserve is communicated to us in Acts chapter 4. Starting in verse 1, we read this, Therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul talking, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called with one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. May you, as our deacons, be the ones who seek diligently to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. May you do so with a voice of humility and gentleness, patience and tolerance and love. And may our congregation look to you for these things in the midst of conflict and as they need advice on how to move forward. Number two, assist the pastor. You may not have ever thought about it before this point and before this chapter begins. We really only see two designations of people within the church. Going all the way into chapter six, we have two groups of people. We have the apostles, which we hear called the apostles as well as the twelve in our passage today. And then we have the disciples who are the followers of Jesus, those who have surrendered their life to Christ. They have believed unto the Lord Jesus Christ and been baptized. And yet we see in this passage that as the conflict arises and a new need comes to to reality within the church, there needs to be another group. In fact, the apostles come to the realization that their primary purpose is not to do this waiting of tables or this administration of food. As we look to the Acts chapter 6, we see them begin to distinguish what their call is. We see in chapter 2, he says, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. And they go on to say, But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. As the apostles come to this realization, the main realization that they had was they needed help. And I'm sure the congregation would agree that on many levels, your pastor needs a lot of help. I'm reminded of what Jethro said to Moses in Exodus 18. Starting in verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him that the thing that you are doing which was trying to do everything for the entire nation by himself. He said, the thing that you are doing is not good and you will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Jethro could see what maybe Moses could not, and that was that Moses could not serve everyone especially to a way that they would feel like they were being heard and cared for. 
I don't think that's changed in the congregation. And while Tunnel Hill Baptist Church may not be the entire nation of Israel, I think we can also still acknowledge that the pastor cannot minister to, disciple, and meet the needs of everyone within the congregation. Moses could not serve everyone. The apostles recognize in Acts chapter 6 that they could not serve everyone. And I am here to tell you today that I cannot serve everyone within this church. We need help. And that is exactly what the deacons provide. Now, for my part, and as may be a charge to myself, I need to be willing to ask for it and be willing to recognize that I need help and I need godly men who will come alongside me and say, stop, or you're going to wear yourself out. But your service will help the pastor as well as this congregation to have a long and fulfilling ministry in the Tunnel Hill area. Finally, serve the congregation. This may seem the most obvious of the group, but it still must be mentioned. See, the original task of the deacons was to distribute food among the widows. But if we continue to read on in Acts chapter 6, we begin to recognize that they did so much more. And not only do we see the, the, the deacons or this, this original group of men that were going out and serving bread and making sure everyone's needs, physical needs were met, but also we see Stephen who goes out and, and defends the faith and provides an apology for, for all of, uh, of the, the understanding and the truth of the gospel so much so that, that they, he sees people one over and over and over again to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in his own life, always showed concern for both the spiritual and the physical needs of the people. We see that Jesus would give sight to the blind so that they might see that he is the Messiah. That he fed the 5,000 so they might know that he is the bread of life. He brought Lazarus back from the dead so that they might realize that he is the resurrection. And so too, the church today must seek to minister both to the physical and the spiritual needs of its congregation. And brothers, you have been called to that task. To see when there is physical needs in the church and seek to meet them, as well as to lead our church so that we stay in the way that God has called us to go. Now I also have a special word for those of you that are already serving as deacons. My word for you is this. Seek to encourage, to edify, and to build up your new deacons. Whether they are new deacons today being ordained or new to our congregation, may you encourage and not discourage these new deacons. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to Titus. And in Titus chapter 2, we read these words. He says, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. 
older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, as well as in love and in perseverance. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things. Show yourselves to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Paul's words to Titus were, teach the young men to be godly. For you who are serving as deacons already, I would challenge you today to teach our new deacons to serve well. To be an example of all the things that I have already mentioned so that they might learn from you, not by just what you say, but by what you do both in the church and outside, both by reputation and by how you lead your family. Therefore, my brethren, you have been elected by the vote of the church to serve in the capacity of deacon. Will you accept the responsibility and strive to fill the position for which you have been called? Will you affirm your allegiance to Christ, the church, and the scriptures? Will you promise to faithfully perform the duties required of the office? And will you promise to cooperate with the pastor and to further the interests of the church in promoting its harmonious and effective workings in all of its ministries? Now to you, the congregation. I want to remind you for just a a moment of the words that we read at the beginning of our service from 1 Timothy chapter 3. Saying deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also first be tested and then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise be dignified and not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the men before you who you have chosen to be deacons. You have found them to be beyond reproach. You have have, uh, affirmed that their work of service has already brought them to this place. They have been tested and therefore they are here. For us, let us trust our deacons. You don't always see everything that they're doing behind the scenes that does not mean that they are not serving. You may not always understand some of the decisions they make or some of the directions they may take a a ministry or, or how they might serve a person in our congregation. Trust that they have prayerfully considered these things and are trying to seek the Lord's will in everything. Let us believe in the work they do and trust that they are seeking the good of our church 
and they are seeking the betterment of the kingdom of God. Number two, honor their work. We see from this passage that they are deserving of honor and we must be encouragers of the deacon body. For make no mistake, even as we speak, as God has set these men apart for the work of ministry, they have an enemy that is attacking them on a spiritual level. And they need your encouragement, not your criticism. And may we show them grace and mercy as they serve and as they grow in understanding and wisdom and knowledge as they serve. Finally, hold them to a high standard. You see the expectations as they are laid out by 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to challenge you today, hold them to those standards. We do nobody a service when we compromise what the Word of God says. Hold them to those high standards. Challenge them in their walk with the Lord, but do so in a spirit of love. Because again, your goal is not to beat down or discourage or cause your deacons to give up but rather to love them, to challenge them, and as Galatians 6.1 says, to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Congregation, will you acknowledge and affirm these brothers as deacons? Will you esteem them, encourage them, and work alongside them as they perform their duties? Say, I will. In light of this, I now charge you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that you ever strive to fulfill your office to the best of your knowledge and that you will seek divine guidance in all of your work. We've come to the part of our service and if you look in Acts chapter 6 yet again, once these men had been chosen out from among them, It says that they were presented to the apostles and then the apostles laid hands on them, praying on them. And as we come to this part of our service, there are three within our midst that have not been ordained as a deacon. And so now comes that time where we will do what everyone else has experienced on the front pew, which is to have the laying on of hands of them and have prayer over them. Now we are going to begin by allowing the deacons to do that and then myself, and then we are going to encourage, we're going to have all the church come up for one more time of prayer. I would encourage you, as the deacons come through and as they lay hands on our our deacon candidates, that you would take this time to prayerfully reflect on the charges that you have heard today and to seek the Lord's will on how you may encourage our deacons, build them up, and pray for them as they perform their service. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and King, Lord, we thank you so much for this time. Lord, as we begin the part of our service where we lay hands on our deacon candidates, Lord, we pray that you would be in our midst. And Lord, that you would encourage and build up these men. 
Lord, that they might seek your will and seek your face as they serve in this church. Lord, I also lift up our congregation. May we not take the office of deacon lightly, but may we look to these men that they might be an example of faith and service within our midst. And God, may all that we do, both as, as pastor and deacon and disciple, may all that we do glorify your name. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
the front, and if you are able, place a hand on one of our deacons, uh, whether our deacons elect or deacons, or just a hand on the person next to you as we um, take some time to pray over our entire deacon body today. So would you please come forward if you are able. Let us pray together. Our gracious God and King, Lord, we stand in awe of your goodness and your glory today. Lord, what, a, what an amazing thing to see you rise up men to serve within this church. And Father God, we take this time now to lift up the men that, that are sitting on this pew. God, we lift them up as they have been set aside to do the work of service within the church. Father God, it is our hope and our prayer that you would fill these men with the spirit. Lord, that you would guide and direct them in the way that they ought to go. And Lord, that you would put on them a heart of compassion. Lord, that they might love you, that they might love this church, and they might love the, the, the members of this church. God, help them and, and strengthen them to show, the, to show them in the way that they ought to go. Lord, give them the strength for the work that you have set out before them. And God, we pray that you would help us as a church to encourage them and build them up along the way. God, you are doing a mighty work. And God, we recognize that and we see that even in our midst today. And so God, we pray as we charge these men to this task. God, that you would help us to be unified. Lord, that we would be reminded that through even today that we have been called to further the kingdom of God. And God, may all of us join in that task for your kingdom and for your namesake and for your glory. Lord, we thank you for these men. And Lord, we implore you that you help them to serve well. And God, we lift up their families that you might protect them that you might encourage them and that you, they might serve together. My God and my joy, we praise you for this day and we give you all the glory and all the honor. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.